بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم We continue the explanation of عمدت الأحكام and we have reached uh, we have reached uh, حديث number 26 عن أنس بن مالك عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه قال جاء أعرابي فبال في طائفة المسجد فزجره الناس فنهاهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما قضى بوله أمر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بذنوب من ماء فأهريق عليه فأهريق عليه Anas bin Malik narrated, may Allah be pleased with him, that a Bedouin came and passed urine in one corner of the masjid, and the people shouted at him. But the Prophet ﷺ stopped them till he finished urinating. And the Prophet ﷺ ordered them to spill a pocket of water over that place, <coughs> and they did so. <coughs> now, the narrator Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu, uh, a biography of him was given <coughs> in hadith number 11. The subject of the hadith is uh, explaining the manner of uh, cleansing the earth or the ground from urine. And this hadith is one example for the great foundation known as At-Taysir Wasti'malul-Leen At-Taysir, making things easy and being kind and soft. Now, the explanation, the overall explanation of the hadith, largely, and for the most part, the Arab, those who live in the desert, <coughs> are largely, or for the most part, rough and ignorant. Nowadays, however, and all praise is due to Allah they acquired a great deal of knowledge they listen to the radio stations and they understand the meanings and many became educated and this is in contrast with the earlier ones who were disconnected from the rest of people especially the women and the young and the elderly this Bedouin in this hadith 
came to the masjid and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam most <coughs> some of it is covered having a roof but most of it is uncovered so it's open to the extent that some people would put their tents therein so this Bedouin came in he took to a corner of the masjid and started urinating thinking that this is open space and as you know he is used to that so he sat there in the mosque urinating and the companions may Allah be pleased with them all so that and they considered this to be something very wrong and it is as such without any doubt so they shouted at him and rebuted him how do you do such a thing how are the Prophet who was given the mercy and the wisdom forbade them told them to stop and commanded them not to interrupt his urination upon him let him complete his urination because interrupting the urine is not something easy so when he finished his urination the Prophet ﷺ called upon the Bedouin and did not scold him at him nor belittle him and told him إن هذه المساجد لا تصلح لشيء من هذا البول ولا القذر he told him these mosques are not the places meant for urine and filth then he made it clear to him as to why he said إنما هي لذكر الله والصلاة وقراءة القرآن أو كما قال rather they are only for the remembrance of Allah prayer and recitation of the Quran or as Allah's messenger said something like that <coughs> then the Prophet ﷺ ordered the companions to bring a pocket in order to clean the place and he the Bedouin was comfortable the Prophet ﷺ talked to him in a simple way clear way which he can understand so when he felt comfortable for that he said Allahumma arhamni wa muhammadan wa la tarham ma'ana ahada 
he said in a natural way O oh Allah have mercy upon me and upon Muhammad and none else no one else with us because the Prophet ﷺ did not rebuke him and did not scold at him and when he said <coughs> have mercy on us and no one else <coughs> apparently he is referring to the Sahaba even though even then here the Prophet ﷺ did not denounce him because he knows the Prophet ﷺ that this utterance by the Bedouin was not due to enmity towards the companions and addressing the companions <coughs> said in one narration of the hadith فَإِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُمْ مُيَسِّرِينَ وَلَمْ تُبْعَثُوا مُعَسِّرِينَ <coughs> You have been sent to make things easy and not to make them difficult. The benefits of the hadith. Number one, the ignorance of the Bedouins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> stated in Surah At-Tawbah, verses 79 and 78, I'm sorry, 97, 97, sorry, 97 and 'ان لا يعلم حدود ما انزل الله على رسوله والله عليم حكيم ومن الاعراب من يتخذ ما ينفق مغرما ويتربص بكم الدوائر عليهم دائره السوء والله سميع عليم <coughs> the bedouins are the worst in disbelief and hypocrisy and more likely to be in ignorance of the limits meaning Allah's commandments and his legal ways which Allah has revealed to his messenger and Allah is all knower, all wise and the Bedouins and of the Bedouins there are some who look upon what they spent in Allah's cause as a fine and watch for calamities for you on them be the calamity of evil and Allah is the all hearer, all knower So this is two groups of them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated right away in the same surah, 99, verse 99. And of the Bedouins, there are some who believe in Allah and the last day and look upon what they spend in Allah's cause as approaches to Allah and a cause of receiving the messenger's invocations indeed these are an approach for them Allah will admit them to his mercy certainly Allah is oft forgiving most merciful however largely and most for the most part what's prevalent with them is ignorance and therefore, 
the Shaykh Rahimahullah in his explanation of this hadith directed the students of knowledge to go and visit the Bedouins in their places and call them and invite them and bring knowledge to them and he also said this is also very important when they know the student of knowledge and if they trust him then this would be very influential <coughs> the second benefit it's an obligation to clean the floor of the masjid <coughs> because the Prophet ﷺ commanded that a bucket of water be brought and that they use it to clean pour it on the urine in the masjid thirdly the prohibition of urinating in the mosque because the Prophet ﷺ did not denounce the denunciation of the Sahaba for the Bedouin's urination but rather he told them don't interrupt him because of the greater evil that may occur as we will discuss fourthly the obligation to hasten to forbid the munkar was evil because the companions did so however we say in this issue or on this issue this is the case unless the delay is more beneficial this is the case meaning to hasten to forbid the munkar is the case unless the delay brings a greater benefit then if the delay is more beneficial then this takes precedence so here is the Bedouin remained urinating continued to urinate in the mosque why? because this is more beneficial because if this Bedouin stood up then his body and his clothes will be spoiled with urine soiled with urine and a greater part of the mosque as well and also this will bring him harm because of interrupting his urination and accordingly if we see someone for example according to this benefit if we see someone standing by the grave of the Prophet وسلم, invoking the Prophet saying Ya Muhammad O Muhammad Ya Muhammad O Muhammad Urzuqni Bring me sustenance and so forth should we shout at him and yell the answer is no rather we leave him and when he finishes we approach him and we say our brother and we say to him our brother 
because he did not commit kufr because he is jahil he is ignorant so we tell him invoking other than Allah is wrong and we don't tell him shirk until he gets more comfortable then we tell him is the messenger able to respond to you or Allah is the one who is able to respond to you he will certainly say Allah so if he says Allah then we tell him then invoke Allah alone don't invoke the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam invoking Allah is better because the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam possesses no harm can bring us no harm and bring no benefit to us and does not know of the unseen and does not say I am an angel so ad'u Allah invoke Allah alone then after he begets, gets more comfortable then we tell him that this matter that you did is shirk and if you would have died upon this then you may be from the people of hellfire the fifth benefit the good advice and care of the Prophet ﷺ regarding this ummah because he commanded the, the companions not to shout at the Bedouin because this would bring harm interrupting his urination this can cause harm to his bladder to his urinary tract and also if he stands up from his sitting urinating position either his aura would be exposed in front of the people or he would try to cover it and in this case he would soil his thawb or garment and the like and if he would lift the garments while the urine still comes out then in this case he would make a greater space of the mosque filthy the sixth benefit that the the ground does not get pure except by the water meaning the sun and the wind does not purify it and this is directed from the command of the Prophet ﷺ where he ordered a bucket of water to be to, be, to, to use so as to wash the floor 
some of the people of ilm some of the scholars on the other hand said that the ground or the earth may be purified by the sun and the wind and they answered to the command of the Prophet by saying that the Prophet intended the hastening to clean the place because if he would have left it to be cleaned by the sun and the wind it may stay two or three or more days and the priority of cleaning the masjid from filth is something obligated immediately and this cannot take place except by water and that's why the Prophet ﷺ commanded this to be done the seventh point of benefit cleaning the masajid, the mosques from filth is a collective duty is a collective duty and this is directed as such because the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam commanded the companions but he did not share alayhi salatu wasallam had it been an individual duty he would have been the first to do the cleaning alayhi salatu wasallam and therefore we conclude from this another benefit anyone who sees something filthy in, the, filthy in the mosque must clean it <coughs> remove it and if he is unable then it's an obligation upon him to refer the, the matter to the person in charge in charge of cleaning the mosque the eighth benefit taking by the famous foundation and that is if the removal of munkar takes place only by way of that which is of a greater munkar then one should not attempt to remove the munkar or lift the munkar because committing the lesser degree of munkar takes precedence over committing that which is a greater in degree and this is a clear matter because if the person will move to the next higher degree then in this case he would have done the lesser one and the greater one the ninth benefit the one who denounces the munkar that which is wrong or forbids it must clarify the cause because this is deducted from the fact that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he alayhi salatu wasallam clarified to the Bedouin that these mosques are not fit for this filth and urine 
then he made it clear as to why it is established and the Bedouin did not know and the Bedouin did not know the messenger وسلم, made it clear to the Bedouin that these mosques are not fit for urine and for filth and then he made it clear as to why the Bedouin did not know he came to an open space and he thought that it is like all the other open spaces he's got you know he can do the urination as in any other place the tenth benefit one should deal with people in accordance with their ranks and status one should deal with people in accordance with their rank and status had it been that the person who urinated in the mosque was a known person from the city who know the legal rulings then in this case we would not have treated him in the similar way as treating the Bedouin but the Bedouin was treated in this way because largely the Bedouins are known for the most part for their ignorance and therefore this Qaida this is a Qaida Shari'iyya this is a legal foundation people have to be dealt with in accordance with their rank and status also from this hadith we conclude that urine is filthy because the messenger وسلم, ordered the cleansing of the floor and accordingly what comes from the person from the fluids like urine or the stool they are filthy as to the sweat saliva uh, the vomiting blood and the like then these are matters of where these colors differed but according to our Shaykh Rahimahullah that they are not considered filth because there is no proof in the book and the sunnah indicating that they are filthy and the origin of matters is tahara purification is pure it's purity and and the prophet ﷺ said that the believer does not become impure and if someone's part is cut like someone's hand for example or his foot this part taken out or cut is pure although it contains blood so by all means the blood from another source other than this cupped place is by all means takes precedence in such such that it is by all means pure however However, the majority of the scholars, the Shaykh Rahimahullah added, the majority of the scholars are on the opinion that 
man's blood is impure except for little amounts and therefore the one who takes precautions for his deen and says it's precautionary to wash it then there is no harm upon him and we spoke about the classification of blood uh, as the Shaykh Rahimahullah discussed that in another place and you can find it now on the site you can find it inshallah ta'ala on the site the classification of blood and its uh, purity and impurity the discussions on that there remains also another benefit ignorance al-jahl ignorance is of two types al-jahl naw'an ignorance is of two types اولا first جاهلا بالحكم الشرعي فهذا عذر ignorant ignorance concerning the legal ruling he is ignorant the person is ignorant of the legal ruling of a matter then this is an excuse the second جاهلا بما يترتب على الحكم الشرعي وهذا ليس عذرا ignorant as to what is entailed by the legal ruling and this is not an excuse example if someone is in a state of ihram in hajj if someone is in a state of ihram in hajj in a state of ihram and then he commits one of the forbidden things in ihram like shaving his head shaving his head if he commits this due to ignorance then there is nothing upon him there is nothing upon him while in the case of another person who knows that the shaving is forbidden but he is ignorant of what the ruling entails like the ransom then in this case the person in this case the other person is not considered having an excuse take another example someone commits theft and does not know the ruling of theft in Islam assuming for example he was a new Muslim then his hands are not to be cut off however on the other hand the one who knows the ruling but does not is ignorant of what it entails from a punishment then he is not excused this is the type or these are the types of jahl of ignorance and this concludes the benefits of this hadith 
والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم